Another episode of Info Pilgrims. I am your host, Jack May, and joining me, my co-host, the anchor of this podcast. Take that way you want to, whether good, bad, in between. I'm just waiting for his response because he's just staring at the computer. It's hard to get David Dolby. It's hard to get any word in with this clown. (laughs) I mean, Jack. So, dude, that's a straight. That's a debate quote. That was Biden's quote. I, I, I I thought of that today. I was like, I'm going to use that. So I want to get to the debate, but before we started this podcast, I I have this theory about David and he doesn't like it, but it's not that I don't like it. I just don't like you having theories about me. I feel like that's weird. I was mixing myself a nice vodka soda for the podcast. (laughs) Redact that please (laughs) for Jack's sake. Redact that. What's wrong with the vodka soda? Nothing. But that's like what every six year old woman at my work gets. (sighs) I don't want to alienate my audience. Vodka (laughs) soda is a good drink. Dude, if you don't like the flavor of alcohol, it's just very clean and like you get a little buzz from it and you're just nice and relaxed. I'm not going to knock it, Jack. I I apologize for insinuating anything about that because as a budding bartender, a young budding bartender, I'm all about discovering the different flavors that make a good drink. Well, to add a heap on to myself, there is a dash of cranberry juice in oh no so, so, so you're not that. too far off it's you're not too far he off. orders the vodka soda with a splash of cranberry dude it's just right man it's just it's, it's just a nice flavor combination like you know a hard day of work that's something i don't understand very often <laughs> so I, I just had a nice little mixture when i first turned 21 me i was just out of basic training and i had a buddy that we'd go to like Smoky Bones, you remember that place? Smoky, Smoky Bones. Bones, heck yeah. yeah! We'd go there every weekend. We had off, and was I this would, in Clearwater? Th- no, this uh, that's how I remember it. Because okay. you and I went there before. <laughs> yeah. No, this was in Fort. Someone Benning. gave me a gift card. Randomly. Yeah, a Smoky Bones gift card. <laughs> it's pretty much like a Sunny's barbecue, yeah. but yeah. Uh, we, I would get mojitos because I just turned twenty-one. I was like, "What drink should I get?" Ooh, that one looks good. And the waitress would always look surprised when she brought the mojitos. She was like, oh, you wanted the mojitos? But, dude, those things tasted good. I like mojitos. So, little little ad space, even though they're shut down. So, I guess it's not. But me and Tori used to go to Cine Bistro. They're shut down? Yeah. They're all shut down because of coronavirus. Uh, Okay, that makes sense. But me and Tori would always go there, and I would always get some fruity drink. I love a good fruity drink while watching a movie. I can't tell you why, but man, there's just something about like, I don't know. Hard, hard liquor is something like, like a good rum, a good, you know, whiskey or something like you have to be with your boys to be drinking that. Like it's, it's hard to just drink by yourself. You know what I'm saying? There's this weird thing that like bitterness and pain are masculine. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I like to inhale my cigars and just burn my lungs. Like like, the only time I've ever ordered that. The only time I've ever ordered an old fashioned was when I was with the boys. Like I will never order. I mean, it's good, but like, it's not something I'm going to always order. Yeah. Cause it just, it tears your throat up just trying to drink one of those. Now I got into the point where I do just like whiskey. So I'll get like a whiskey and ginger or I'll just do shots of whiskey. So whiskey and ginger, is that ginger ale or just, I just do ginger ale. Okay. I mean, there's ginger beer too, which is really good with Jameson. Yeah. My dad's drinking. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but my dad's drinking Jameson and ginger beer. Yeah, it's a it's like a classic combination. Isn't that technically we've turned into an alcoholic podcast? But anyways, but like, isn't that what um a Moscow Mule is? I believe it's yeah. I believe it's yeah. It's a classy drink. Look at this budding bartender. I have no idea, but yeah, it's like a mixed drink. But I, it, it I expect good. to like walk up to you and be like. Yeah, bartender, I would like a cranberry vodka, and you just hand me like a Sam Adams or something. My, my specialty is milk, milk uh, cocktails. I like to do a lot of different things with milk. <laughs> Why are you saying milk weird? I'm not, but you're saying milk, right? Milk. Like M I L K. We're not getting into this. So <laughs> I will not change the way I say milk, even though everybody's like, it's milk. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But you're saying milk. That's, I'm just I know. just confirming that. I am saying milk. Okay, yeah. So you're talking <laughs> confirming that. I didn't know what you were saying. It was milk. But like that's like uh like you'd mix 
What is that? I don't do any milk drinks. I'm just kidding. But I just like oh. the idea. I guess uh, white Russians. White Russians. Thank yeah. you. That's what Which I was trying is to do. Bailey's. The, good Lord. The dudes drinking the Big the Lebowski. I, I just feel like a white Russian is like white trash automatically. Because it's just not... It's not good tasting, bro. I got messed up on some white Russians and... The hangover is not good because yeah. there's way too much cream going on in there. Yeah. All right, so let's transition <laughs> yeah, from our uh, alcoholic let's stories. Pull us out of this pit. We we despair. like a, we like to dab into our alcohol. It's probably good that Ben's not here. He's the uh, good Christian. I would, yeah, three. I would like to see what Ben would think about your vodka soda splash of crayon. I he'd probably make spritzer. fun of me just as much. Yeah. So obviously we had two big events this week. One was uh, the Heat, obviously getting pulverized in game one and obviously losing their best player on that note though i think if we i will anyway i am so excited this whole time after that game i was like i can't wait to see how david pulls a positive out of this i think if we dig in the archives first of all i've been repping the heat this entire year saying they're dangerous here we are in the nba finals okay erase the memory of yesterday's game from your mind okay the miami heat made it like they made it all the way to the nba you can call it the bubble season and whatnot Here's another thing. The Lakers shot astronomically high from three-point range. They will not continue to do that. Okay, so I like how you're trying to pull something positive, and then you finish with, uh, like, hey, we made it. That's all we care about. <laughs> so, Just give us one game. Miami. I'm not going to hit on win <laughs> because I'm a Pistons fan, and it's bad for us. So You understand. Like, I think one thing people need to realize is, A, like, there's going to be an asterisk on the season. doesn't matter if LeBron wins it. It's going to be an asterisk championship season. doesn't matter if LeBron wins it, the Heat win it. People are going to be like, yeah, it was basically an AAU tournament in playoffs. Like, am I wrong? I just think that's purified the game a little bit, though. You think so? Yeah, I think, like, when players are playing with no fans around, it's like, what do you have? It's going to feel like practice. What do you got? I feel like there's some teams that were in there later in the stages that wanted to just go home to their families. They Well, that's yeah, that's I think that part. that's a reality where like some of these guys older guys who have championship pedigrees, they they've already won a couple of rings and they're just like, "You know what? Like it's not worth another 2 weeks away from my wife and my kids. Like I'm not going to give you 100%. I'm not saying that they were lazy. I'm not saying the Nuggets. I'm not I'm going to actually say I think Boston was lazy. They they did not were not competitive in that series. It did not feel like. Oh, it was beautiful to their watch. Their one ga- their one win was the only game they actually all showed up. It just seemed like they either ran out of gas or were just like let's just go home. But I just think that this season maybe it's just because I want to put an asterisk on Le- if LeBron wins. Yeah. But like I just I feel like it's going to be hard to like defend a championship from this season because it like I don't know I just feel like you look at teams like the Clippers the the Bucks and stuff like there was too much parity for me to make this season make sense in my head so the bubble thing was weird but I think if you think about like what the actual effects were I, the part where you're quarantined from your family that is big because yeah. people have kids and you draw they, strength from them they have wives yeah they just want to be back home with their families and not all the money in the world and a Disney resort with like yeah. luxuries it's not going to bring you total you'd rather just yeah. at some point be home away For from sure. everybody but um as far as the game itself being played i think that the team that succeeds in the bubble deserves the right of being the finals bubble champion oh. like, and i think that has its own like level of skill to it like whatever team can succeed in these circumstances they have something i think and i've been saying this we you can look in the the archives of our podcast i think Jimmy Butler brings a dynamic where it's like, it's all business. You came here to play basketball if you're on my team or you go home. Like yeah. he, he's not, he's not saying he is the bubble boy. Yeah. He, he doesn't care about his family. I'm not, he cares about his family, but I'm saying he doesn't care. Like right now this is a business trip. Yeah. And that's a dynamic that people, his teammates rallied behind him. And we're like, yo, that's our leader. Let's follow him. He's telling us what to do. We're going to do it. And I think that you see a lot of, a lot of players like Giannis, I don't know. He just did not look like he wanted to be there. No. Like, I mean, if you're the MVP, back-to-back MVP, and you're only taking 12 shots a game in a series-clenching game, that's weird to me. And it's weird to me, too, that people will probably say, like, oh, Milwaukee would have played the Lakers better, or Boston would have played the Lakers. They didn't make it. No. So Miami made it. I, I and, But I will say, and I, I don't want to spend too much on the NBA no, topic, but, we'll, like... We'll get the time marks. Just yeah. skip to, like, 10 minutes if you don't care about the NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I think having Bam... He's the only person in the NBA, I feel like, that actually can match up to Anthony Davis correctly. 
Yeah, they need to go. And the problem is Anthony Davis plays a four and yep. Bam plays a five. So they need to like throw another big in there for Miami. Yeah, so. and the biggest thing, though, is you have Dwight Howard, who's literally just trying to like bang down low yeah. with Bam and wear him out. And that's what yeah. they did, and they won. That's why, I feel like. They won, yeah. Not so we'll the injuries. See. I, I think Miami can still pull it off. I'm still hoping. I think something crazy is going to happen, and Kendrick Nunn, our rookie that's been benched this entire playoffs, is just going to explode. Which is weird because he came in second place for rookie of the year. But vanished. And he had yeah. COVID, too, yeah. which is interesting. And our starting point guard is out. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Game two, Friday night. I think that if Jimmy Butler plays because he does have that low ankle sprain. But he'll play through it. I he's in the finals. He's, he's not going to escape. He's got to play through it, but at the same time, if he's not – even like he has to be at least 60% Jimmy for it to be valid. For yeah. Playing. But he's a warrior and yeah. it's weird to see like the warrior mentality in sports. Cause obviously they're not fighting yeah. and like killing each other, but you see, and you see this in every realm of life where mm-hmm. some people will just gut through the pain and, and continue to perform. And those people, and have, you, like, you a, have to respect that performance. I yeah. Mean, it's just, it's fun to watch because like I said, I feel like all these guys have is basketball in that bubble. Yeah. So, like, you, I do agree. I think it is the purest form of basketball, but at the end of the day, the humanity has kind of corrupted it because, you know, hey, they people aren't given 100% because they might want to go not 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Transitioning, speaking of hey. warrior mentality and different jobs. Warrior mentality. Jack just so happens to have, he used to have a super interesting job that I really want to just pick his brain on. I like this. As Let's a, steer away from the stupidest thing that happened this week. Yeah, well, I mean, your personal experience is fascinating to me because what forensic investigator is is that? Oh, Jack's <clears throat> Jack's taking the vodka soda pretty hard over there. A little more cranberry next time. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I tried to not cough because I knew as soon as I did, you're gonna bounce. Dang it. It's it's a spicy brew he's got going. <laughs> But no, you, what, what is the official title? Forensic investigator? So my, technically my fr- my title is because I know people are going to go out there and research it. I was technically a forensic technician. Okay. But uh, and under any other job title, LinkedIn doesn't really have that option. So I put, I put forensic investigator because I did the work of a forensic investigator. I just wasn't labeled a forensic investigator at my current job stolen valor that's what and that's what it felt like because it's like i'm doing the work of a forensic investigator but i don't get the title and i just you're feel just like, a tech yeah you're a tech and you're just like oh you're just a guy who's picking up garbage basically behind the investigator so when they like put a breath mint in their mouth and throw the wrapper on the ground you're like yeah yeah that's what i and that wasn't my job i literally would i would you do collect, everything that yeah day. i collect i preserve i analyze and i even sometimes you know would be um, helping the detectives in the interrogation. So, like, it was a lot of interaction, um, a, a lot of collection from people. So, you know, I got to see all walks of life. It was definitely an interesting moment, but, I mean, there there was – it. I feel like television has glor- glorified oh, yeah. it way too much. Like, we're not at the scene just picking up, taking photographs and collecting stuff, and then we're out. Like, I'm mostly – like, the average at a scene, you know – I'm including the scenes that are super long and the ones that are super short. I averaged at a scene about six hours. So you, and what would your shift be? 12 hour shift? So I would, no, no, I would work um, every day. I would work a 10 to six shift and then one day a week I would be on call. And then one weekend every month I was on call. So normally I'd be pulling probably about, I'd say about 55 to 60 hours on average a week. So Jack and I have this weird like job connection in that right after, Right after high school, I worked for the the morgue for a while. So I was like, I would pick up bodies at crime scenes where there was obviously mm-hmm. a death or just whatever unexpected body. So I would run into the forensic people at times, but my time on scene was like 10, 20 minutes max because I was just literally there to tag them and bag them, as we said. Yeah. But uh, it just it's cool to me to think like in America now with technology that advanced, you have all these subsets of technology. And you have criminals who commit crimes or whatever the case at certain locations. Mm. They aren't really cognizant of what's going on biometrically or whatever. Or some are and they try to take precautions. But then the law enforcement moves in and we have all these specialized skill sets where people collect evidence. That's so cool. Like you're just collecting stuff and trying to figure things out. What blew me away was like in school, like I was like, oh, that means, you know, we're going to have to touch and move dead bodies. Well, like. We were one of the few jurisdictions that were allowed to like 
to analyze dead bodies. Most jurisdictions, the coroner's office would handle that, do the investigation on the body itself while we handle the outside investigation. Well, in my jurisdiction, we were allowed to move the body, examine the body, and you know, obviously look for the trauma or, or any disparaging stories with the person who found it. Right. Like that was our job. But like other jurisdictions that were forensic investigators, all they could do is take photographs. Like the body was the coroner's office j- jurisdiction. Okay. Which would blows my mind because you hear forensic investigator, you think, oh, they do everything. The coroner's office just collects them. And honestly, most coroner's office are the ones doing all the investigation work. So when I worked as the morgue driver, body delivery guy, there Which, was... Let's be real. You guys had the worst job. Oh, it, well, Imaginable. The least skilled, probably, just... I mean, all you needed was a driver's license and a GED and your CPR certification, oddly enough. but <laughs> I, I will always say this to the day that I die, that that is the, the most underappreciated job in America. Somebody's got to do it. But it is just... It isn't... Because, like... Whereas you don't get I any it, tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm documenting it. You guys are handling it, transporting it, analyzing it, and and it's just it's it's an I, hats off to you. Well, we we got to know a few of like the lead morticians, I guess yeah. they are at the morgue. Not morticians. They would be. Um, so what, we. What's it, the title it, of them? It, yeah, it changes. So certain t- areas, if it's an elected official, it's a coroner. If it's not elected, it's a medical examiner. Okay. So, and they would primarily determine like cause, cause of death, of death. Yep. time of death, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was not the forensic investigator. It was like all these, all, and they were always kind of weird. Like we had this one Russian guy that Bro, loved to sail. They are not normal people. No. But you think about it, they're dealing with death every day, terrible smell. Like you can't be a normal no. person. And, and, that job will break you. It, well, it will break you unless you're one of those off people that, is yeah. fascinated in some way by death, which clearly you and I have a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't, I think we, we should, and I'm not bashing you because it's everyone does it, but like, I don't want to say these people are off because I'm glad we have people like this. Oh yeah. It's no. just, they're different. They're I different. The they're a little eccentric. It. I think yeah. everybody's a little bit different, but a lot of people fit into the mold more of like what a, I'm doing yeah. air quotes, normal person would be like and these people just embrace yeah. the uniqueness I, of their personalities I, I, it's funny because people always come up to me oh your job sounds fascinating and i was just like in all honesty like we're not the ones who get to do the things that you think you're fascinated with it's the, those people that are just eccentric and like they're the ones who are actually doing the the dirty dirty work yeah and they're the ones solving i mean i know we're getting kind of in depth so if you have a uh, bad gag reflex or anything you might want to fast forward 30 seconds but like in an autopsy like that is a very brutal brutal scene that like to this day i've only seen one because i could only handle it i mean you're basically peeling the skin off of a human being cutting their insides open pulling out their very essence of their beings out of their body just to an- and you're sitting there and analyzing i mean these autopsies i don't know what the average time is the one i was at was good four or five hours and that was only because there's a couple knife stab wounds in there. Um, there I, I've seen bodies riddled with 40 bullets that they have to analyze, take photographs, measure in every single bullet. Right. So it's, Tedious for one, yeah. monotonous, and also very morbid. Yeah. But there is something weird that happens that I noticed just in the psyche or whatever is where when it's a job for certain people, like you can disassociate from the human trauma of the event. Yes. And it becomes very like, all right, what do I have to do next? What do I have to do next? So you don't carry the emotional weight of like a person dying anymore. It's just like, what's my job here? This is what I have to do. Mm. I think so. Like, again, I guess this is more of a story time for me. It was, I'm, I'm maybe it's because of my, no, I'm not going to say maybe it, it is because of my Christianity. Like every person that I handled was a person to me. Right. I couldn't disassociate from that. So for me, it was all about respecting the body. I mean, there's times where we had, uh, for lack of better words, disrespect to a body. And like that broke my heart watching that because to them, it wasn't a body. It wasn't a person. It was just their job. Right. And I think that finding the fine line to walk in that field or any field that deals with death is so hard to walk and still keep your sanity. Because for me, like I, I had emotional breakdowns just working this job for two years. I can't imagine trying to work that job for another 28 years for a career. Like, I wouldn't make it emotionally. It's just, it sucks on you if you're an emotional person. Yeah, definitely. But, and I, 
Well, I don't want to get into <laughs> all So you my wanted a cool story, though. Yeah, because, well, the cool part about your job, I think, is you were actively trying to figure a situation out where I was just trying to remove the bodies. It was, yeah. there was not a lot. One time we tried to help find a bullet hole in somebody and I was like, oh, I'm part Dude. of the investigation. So we're having this podcast. One of these days we're going to have to have a podcast where you talk about being an army ranger and how you shot camels. Never shot camels. I, I still don't I love it. camels. Yeah. Okay. So one of the cool stories, I'll be real. This isn't my story. It was told to me. Um, one, uh, one time, uh, I guess I should be careful saying cool story because a person did die and that's terrible. But, right. um, <clears throat> but apart from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting story is the best way to describe it. So there was a, um, a standoff between uh, a group of officers and a guy inside of a trailer home. Um, it was a couple days. So it got to the point where like, I don't remember exactly what exactly happened. I was I was, I heard about it cause it was happening while I was in the office. But they heard a gunshot, so they thought they were uh, the guy inside the house was shooting at them. So they're like, "Oh crap, we need to get in there." So they shot a flashbang in there, and then they stormed in there. Well, it turns out the guy had offed himself, but when they shot the flashbang, it got stuck into his open skull cavity, oh. and so they they assumed that they thought that the flashbang killed the guy right but as you probably know like flashbangs aren't that strong enough to actually no. embed into a person's skull and pop it open but so like the guy who shot it was so traumatized was thought he killed the guy oh with a flashbang so like all of the like the detectives and the people there who know how powerful a flashbang is were like kind of just holding out on him not say, like man you might have killed this like they were just oh, messing with this wow. but that's the, the, the line of mortality yeah. and joking because they're like, let's draw this out, kind of make it a joke for this guy. Because obviously, like, you can't do that with a flashbang. No. So that was one of the more interesting stories I felt like because it's like, could you imagine being that guy? Like, oh, I shot a flashbang and killed a guy. Oh, dude, you would feel awful. Yeah, that's you a would. horrible joke to play on somebody. Oh gosh, I just but thought I that's so doing. interesting. Like, I didn't even know. Like, again, I you think you know what the police have for equipment. But man, like some of these police departments are like prepared for riots. Like, what, what kind of happened? launcher was it? Was it just? I honestly don't have an answer. But it, he didn't just throw it in there. It was like a no, no. He launched it in there. Yeah. Okay. But like, I mean, you, you talk to any old cop, and they have stories like that. Like, I think that maybe you know I could probably eventually get there. Like, but I think that the the joking manner of that is how they keep their sanity, keep their peace. Because I I think yeah. that you do have to an extent. Keep your emotions out of it. But I'm just an emotional person, and I will admit it. He I cried do. during his uh, graduation speech in high Bro, school. I'm never going to let that down. No. The tears. Bro, I don't... So in that moment when that happened, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, well, this is happening. You got choked up. <sighs> Dude. It's the end of an era. I think I was just so like relieved to make it there. <laughs> he was sad. He thought he was going to miss me and stuff. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of another... A cool story that doesn't deal with death. Because you did scenes where it wasn't a dead body. You did. Oh yeah, yeah. What other like what other so burglary? So normally I call it for burglaries. Um, were there a lot of burglaries in oh, the area? Is that so common? Probably seventy five percent of my cases were burglaries. Because I'm a trusting person. I'm yeah. like nobody's gonna steal. People don't steal. Anymore. So it, it's honestly, if you lock your front door, lock your cars, you're never gonna get burglarized. Like probably point five percent of people that's a generous number it's mostly targets of opportunity yeah yeah so if your door your front door's unlocked you're not home they're just gonna walk in grab whatever's like close to the front table and then they'll walk out one of the coolest things i think i ever did was there was a a burglary but like only things up high were stolen like paintings and stuff so like i'm processing this crime scene there's like zero fingerprints which this is probably not a good thing because we probably have a lot of criminals who listen to our podcast but like 90% 90% of burglary cases, the only evidence we're ever going to get is fingerprints. Uh, they watch CSI and stuff. They know. Yeah. So, like, the, the only, I'm spending 90% of my time just dusting the whole house trying to find fingerprints. It's probably a pain. Yes. Like, monotonous. Yes. Until you find one, you're so, probably like, yes. Yes. So, like, a, a five-inch... No, no, no. How about this? Two-foot by two-foot area when I'm dusting and looking for fingerprints, that'll take me about 10 minutes. So just dusting, looking for fingerprints, looking for ridge patterns that are actually usable. 
So and like, do you go to areas of interest or do you just yeah. kind of? So like, I I'm mostly dusting areas. Like I'm being told like this is taken, this is taken. So I'm not going into a different room where nothing was taken because right. it would be a waste of my you know resources and my time. So on this case, there was like some paintings stolen. Well, I was just like, well, why are they stealing stuff from just off of this this area? So I I'm just processing the scene. I processed the ceiling just out of pure happenstance. This guy turns out to be like seven foot two who like robbed this place. And that's an exaggeration. He was like six ten, And he was touching the ceiling as he was taking, uh, taking these paintings. Wow. And I was like just like, brace the, himself with his hand. I will never, ever process. Yeah. Like he was just bracing it, trying to pull it off or I don't know what, but like, uh, he wasn't a relative. He wasn't anything. So like he's a known criminal. So we just, I, I found fingerprints on the ceiling. I will never process Were they the like, ceiling. Jack, why are you dusting the ceiling? Yeah, right 100%. Yeah. It was like, you're an idiot. And I was just like, well, I'm just trying to think how would I do this? Because there's no fingerprints anywhere else. So That's pretty. That's a cool job. Like, just trying to figure out how people would steal stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it, it it's is. sweet. But it's also like, when you do it, it's any job. It becomes yeah. monotonous. You get tired of it. So you want something crazy to happen. Yeah. Another thing, another crazy one was... <laughs> So there's this guy who like just rolled up on a bike to a woman in Publix and was like, give me your wallet. And he like put his hand in his pants like he had a gun. Right. And so she was an older lady. So he gave, uh, she gave it to him Well, he rode off in his bike. So like we're basically doing a search of an area, probably about mm, two or three miles square radius. We'll, we find the bike. So I was like, okay, Jack, they called me. They called me and say, hey, let's process this bike. We'll start combing this area. So I process the bike. I look up and I see like stuff just kind of in a line pattern down this road. So I'm like, huh. So I go over there. It's like stuff from a wallet. So it's like he's, he basically straight up, what's that old uh, uh, German folk tale with the the two kids who go Hansel to, and Gretel. It's like a Hansel and Gretel scenario where Falling like the he threw stuff. I'm processing it, walking another about 20 steps, <laughs> Texas, processing in that. Ooh, piece of candy. And it just ooh, ends with me finding the whole purse or wallet. I can't remember which one it was. But I find it, and there's a big old fingerprint on her phone that's obviously too big because she's an older lady. And that was the, the one that caught him. So then they find they run the fingerprint, they yep. get the guy, and then they put a warrant out for his yep. arrest. Yep. And then they just wait for him to do something or so, can you like look up their house and stuff? So basically like there's, because he walked such a long area, there's a description out for him. So any person who looks like that in that description area, you know, they're going to be stopped and questioned. Well, there's one guy who acted super aggressive, distressed. So they're like, Hey, let's bring him in for questioning. And like, once they bring in like the, the cell phone with the fingerprint, like that's, he, I don't even think they processed it, but like he he started confessing. Oh, apparently he, he did knew. a bunch of yeah he did a bunch of burglaries in the area, so like he fit the the crime profile for so many other burglaries. Uh, actually, that's technically a uh, robbery, excuse me, because he it was an uh, he was technically armed. Oh, so robbery involves arms. burglary is just not you know you're not strong arming basically. Okay, Bur- burglar uh, robbery is when a weapon's involved. Okay, or the threat of a weapon. Yeah, threat of a weapon. Yeah. So my car, one time I left it unlocked oh gosh. at my house and it was broken into overnight, which this I was your truck, right? Uh, my Ford escape, your escape. That's right. If I would have called the cops, would somebody have dusted it for fingerprints or were they been like, sorry, man, you should have locked so your car. So that's an interesting question because like I am our jurisdiction, basically like everyone is equipped to process, including the deputies. They all have fingerprint kits. They can process it. If it becomes more than one vehicle, deputies are lazy. They called me out. So, like, if it's more than, like, hey, your car was broken into, then your neighbor's car was broken into, they would call me. Right. Because deputies don't want to do all that paperwork. They would rather say, oh, this is a string of uh, burglaries. Let's call out forensics. That's just a whole other story why I don't like that. But some jurisdictions will just be like, sorry, we'll take photos. If anything turns up, we'll help you. That happened to my brother. Apparently... <clears throat> in Charleston, technically Somerville, like if uh, your car is broken into and they broke into his car, like broke his glass and stole stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, we don't process cars in the rain. And I was like, excuse me. So he calls me cause he knows that's what I do for a living. And I was like, no, 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 no. You tell him to come process it. And they said, no, that's our policy. We don't process cars. So technically in rain, 
you can process, not with fingerprint powder. It's called um, SPR, which is small particle reagent. What it does is like you'll spray it on an area. It is very volatile. So like if you don't want to damage the paint, you have to wipe it off immediately after processing it. Okay. But what it does is it basically um, attaches itself. The, the reagent itself will attach itself to the lipids and the fats on the um, from the grease from your fingerprint. And that it'll create a fingerprint so you can take a photograph of it and, and, you know, document it. So, like, it kind of pissed me off because I was just like, first off, it's my brother. But secondly, like, yeah. if a car's broken into, like, broken into, not left unlocked, you need to process that. That's 100%. That's just lazy police work to me. That's an aggressive criminal, right? Yeah. There. And that's something like, hey, like, it wasn't, oh, by the way, it wasn't just him. There was three other vehicles broken into in that vicinity. Okay. So, it was like, I just was like, oh, that's. They just didn't want to deal with that. And they're just like, oh, we'll just chalk it up, which pisses me off because like at the end of the day, like, yeah, it sucks processing a car because it takes a good hour and a half, two hours to process. And that's the thing. Like somebody just doesn't want to do exactly. it. Exactly. It's like, such a pain. It sucks, but suck it up. Like this is your job. This is what taxpayers are paying for. Right. And like, you know, <clears throat> say what you want about defunding police, but that just gives fuel to the fire. It's like, well, what are we paying you for if you're not going to ch- do your job? So, and like, that's what I like. I wouldn't get too mad at deputies because at the end of the day, at least they're calling me. Someone's going to process it. By the way, David's not peeing. He's just pouring some whiskey. I went to the decanter. There you go. Look, he remembered the word. That's such a cool word. And when I learned it, I was like, I feel sophisticated. That's a 30 year old word. Yeah. Decanter. I will say that my wife bought that decanter and it's it's one of the, it's one of the coolest gifts she's ever given me. I never thought like I would be the person to own a decanter, but after seeing that, I want one now. It's just so clean. It's like whiskey comes in a bottle. Why do you need another bottle for it? But the decanter looks classy. It does. I, I don't know how to. We're, we're just stuck on. No, but a, anyway, yeah. the interesting thing about it was like, okay, so my car got broken into and they stole my wallet and a notepad I had of notes I had taken from Iraq. So I was like, hmm. Oh, that's kind of dirty because yeah. that's special to you. Well, yeah. That's some sensitive information in it, but um, uh, like bank anything banking? No, okay. no. Um, but anyhow, are you not allowed to disclose I it? Dis- I won't disclose it. Okay. But uh, I was talking to some of my buddies I met the other day who I will not yeah name, but they were like, "Oh, dude, you left your car door open." When we were kids, if we wanted to go to like Bush Gardens the next day, we'd be like, "Hey, let's go rob some cars," and we would just drive up and down neighborhoods and look for open car doors. And you find whatever you find in there. Like somebody leaves a wallet, which I did, unfortunately. Or somebody leaves some cash or whatever. You just... We, it's, it's it's common. We had a um, incident that was pretty... Was probably one of the nastiest cases I had to work. Like there's this um, young... I want to say they were like 15 years old. But they had a golf cart. They were some rich kids, bored. So they went through their neighborhood just trying to see whose car doors was unlocked so they could steal stuff. So obviously yeah, we have them on security cameras and stuff, but they, well, they did brandish a firearm at one point. They had a gun. Yes. And apparently, was it real or was it like a BB gun or we'll never know. Okay. But, so apparently they finally got out from either the girl or the guy. I can't remember exactly. Again, so many cases, they just kind of meld together at one point. Apparently at one time, the guy threw the gun into like Everglades areas. Is that the right? Is that, I don't know. The really tall grass with like swampy area in Florida. What is it called? I mean, there is the Everglades. I think that's a specific geographic okay, location. That's like the Miami area. Yeah. Okay. But it's like really tall swampy Some grass. wetlands. So, but it's also got like trees about probably like two or feet, two or four inches taller than me. Where like the, the tallest. Why are you looking at me so weird? <laughs> Because the Everglades thing, is that what threw you off? I thought that's what they were Do you know called. what the Everglades is? I don't know what it's it is. It's that national park in the So it's just Florida. a natural... I, I thought that it's was It's a like, huge wetland. So what is that tall grass? I thought it was called some... That's wetlands. I mean... So I will just say wetlands. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> dang it. Jeez. Like, Tell me sorry. about these trees that are two to four feet Some, inches two taller to four, than you. I can't remember. Whatever. They weren't that much <laughs> taller than me, but they were like thick trees. Okay. And so it was like a huge area. I'm like knee deep into this stuff. So like I had to put like my crappy pair of boots on to get in there. And I'm just wading through this trying to find a – with a metal detector trying to find this for about four or five hours. This is not mid- what they show you on CSI. No, no, no. This no. is mid July in Florida, by the way. So I'm waiting for a snake to bite me uh. or me to die of heat stroke. 
And I, we never found that gun. It got to the point where the detective, like, he just looked at it and he's like, I'm calling it. Like, we're not going to find this gun. You know, we have the girl saying the guy threw the gun in here. That's what we're going to have to go off of. And it's just, like, it's just those little things you'll never see on TV. It's like, hey, like, it, if we could have found that, that would have been great. But, like, there's so many hit or misses in this case. It's like, I'll be real. Probably even the uh, the fingerprints we collected, 75% of them come back negative. Wow. So, and, like, uh, probably 6 out of 10 of my uh, burglary cases, I don't even get fingerprints. And then... Three of those out of those three uh, out of the four left, sorry, the three of them would come back as like the owner's fingerprints, and that one time yeah. you might get some sort of fingerprint, and then that you run in the system, and then it comes back negative for anyone. Uh, so it's like you you continually do all this work and hope to get something, but man, like the reward is very fulfilling when you get it, but it is so few and far between. Right. But, I, I definitely get that. And, yeah. you know, it wouldn't make good TV. So they yeah. can't make a show on that. Oh, and the hardest part, I think, for my job was, like, if I actually got something and, like, we like I could tell who it was, like, not going up, I got you, mother Yeah. Because yeah. you're just so pumped because, like, it's so rare. And you're just trying to keep your excitement down. But, like, and then, like, it'll go to court and then it'll be dismissed because someone, one of the deputies or detectives or someone else in the case did something wrong. So it was a mistrial and you're just like, or something. this was my one chance at victory <laughs> and you ruined it. So it's the just inside like, story. Oh, you're just like trying to oh, hold it in. And by the way, like I've been to court three times in for two years of cases, which are uh, about four to 500 cases I worked on. So like hmm. you don't go to court often because most of the time, like, Thank God for good prosecutors. They'll just either, you know, plead out or if they go to court, all the cases I've worked, actually, they were found guilty. So that felt good. But man, going to court, trying to defend your case, like I said, they all meld together. Because you would be called to the witness stand, I'm yeah. sure, if you And went. so the, the, they're all melding together. So yeah. they're asking you just this obscure case, uh, question about this case. And you're just kind of trying not to look dumb. You're like, oh, I remember this. I spent four hours researching this case, making sure I don't mess up. And you're just sitting there and... And saying, like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because the court's not directly after you no, cross. Is no, this going to be months? No, no, it's years like, after, bro. And so I don't know. You just sit there and, like, if you say, I don't know, like, your credibility to the jury's gone. Yeah. Like, they're just like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing for his job. Yeah. I don't oh, know. You can't. Oh. It's, and so, like, uh, like the, the, the girls in my unit were terrified of court. And I was like, oh, I love going to court. I love just, you know, getting to talk in front of a bunch of people. That's why I have a podcast. Then you get there and you're just like, oh, this is terrifying. Because, like, I have this guy's life in his hands. He's either innocent or guilty off of what I'm saying. Right. That's terrifying. And then on top of that, it's like, I don't remember this case 100%. Like, we had one case that just went to trial. A guy shot 30 rounds into a house. And there, uh, the first question the defense asked me was like, "Yeah, he shot twenty eight rounds into the house." Well, like I was looking at my notes and I saw uh, marker number thirty was a bullet casing. So I thought my first thirty, uh, I mean, th- uh, my my bullet casings stopped at twenty eight, but they picked up again at thirty two. Okay. There's different things in there. So I just saw all I saw was bullet marker ended at twenty eight, and then there's something different at twenty nine. And I was like, "Oh no, no!" And I said, "Yeah, there's only twenty eight. And he's like. Really? There's not 30? Are you sure? And I, I look down and I see those other two and I'm like, frick. Like you can't, you, so you have to keep your composure. And I was like, my apologies. I misplaced these other two casings that were found at the scene as well. It's still credibility for the jury. Yeah, because it's like, it's like know how does he not know the basic thing that there was 30 rounds shot off here? And it's you should have like, just been like, there was a firefight. Yeah. <laughs> that Bro, the crazy thing about that case. Saints. Yeah. I, I got it. Do you get the reference? I did, dude. I, the second one was terrible, though. Let's be real. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Not good. Didn't but, even, like, the crazy thing with that case was, like, there was four people outside at the time, and the guy pulled out a, a uh, I believe it was an AR. Um, I can't remember if it was an AR, AKC. There's just so much. And you don't know the He guns, shot 30 yeah. rounds, and he missed all three of them all 30 times. Wow. Which I don't again. Well, you're you're more at. of a gun expert than me, but I I felt like those are pretty accurate guns. Like, like granted, he's he's holding it outside of a, a sorry, I should say, allegedly he's holding the car outside of the window, shooting it. But at the same time, to miss with thirty rounds at three non-moving targets because they're laying on the ground trying not to get shot, that's a that's a pretty hard task. 
you got to do the fundamentals to accurately play shots. Like yeah. you can't be Sylvester Stallone and out there one armed or anything. You Bro, can send some wild shots. So but. he was a neo-Nazi hanging out with three African American guys, and I was like, this doesn't add up in my head. Like I just, how does this? How You're thinking you too much, Jack. Your job is to dust exactly. That's right. <laughs> Shut up and dust. Shut up and dust. That's man. right. <laughs> But I just I just thought that was the craziest thing because like he had like swastikas on his shoulders, his forearms. I was like really? they have to have seen that, and they do know that like they not, Nazis think black people are not pure. Are we gonna segue right here with the swastikas? Because let's do it. Well, we we need to. So let's finish. We got we're at thirty nine minutes. Let's finish about the debate. We can't not okay, talk about it. Okay, because I want to talk a little bit about Nazis, but we'll save that for another. So day. Proud Boys, you obviously well, that I mean. Well, yeah. since we're talking about white supremacists, I thought this would be a good segue because everyone's saying Proud Boys are white supremacists. I don't know much about it, and I think the way Trump handled it, he straight up said, I don't know about them. Stand down. Was, stand back and stand by is stand what he by. said. Which, uh, granted, not the best phrase. I don't like stand by. But he, he retracted it literally the next day because he's like, I mean, it's it's a literally just a flaw of the mouth. So... We're getting into the presidential debate, the presidential yes. debacle. Let's let's we should have prefaced that. People are like, yeah. what the frick if And one of the talking points brought up was stances on racial injustice. Yeah. Obviously that's gonna happen because that's a huge talking point in It is literally the only culture. topping point besides coronavirus. <laughs> uh, the unfortunate <laughs> thing I think about that, well, I don't think it's necessarily bad that that's brought up because it would be interesting to gauge a candidate off their position on how they would try to ease the racial tensions in America. Yeah. And then that's a legitimate like criteria for who you want to vote for. Um, I do think a lot of that tension has been contrived by the media and that's another thing. And I do think that to funnel presidential candidates into debating on that is kind of forcing media issues on the candidates. I would like to see more like what are their plans for the future? How like and I guess that's incorporated into it. But they asked Trump, will you denounce uh, white supremacy organizations? Basically, at one point, Biden yeah. confronts him directly like, well, say you don't like them, which is also a weird thing for a debate. Like, well, tell me you don't like them. Tell me you don't like racists. Like, so, that's, the, that's the debate we're at right now. I, th I think both candidates looked very childish up there. I'm not going to deny that. But I think like the fact was with B Biden, he realized he was being curb stomped. Not at, like like Trump was winning every talking point. He was getting curb stomped with everything. So the only thing people were going to get from it was Trump's loud, but I didn't really hear anything from Biden. So yeah. he, he was, it was towards the end of the debate and he threw that statement right at Trump because he knew that it was going to stick because Trump was going to say something. Anything Trump said like was going to be divisive. I mean, if Trump could have just, just gone and said, I do not support any white supremacy but that's not trump America. that's he will never say he will those never words. say that and that's not because he's racist i honest i truly do not believe he's racist i feel like he could give two craps about races like yeah. i don't think that's something he one of his talking points is like guys i want to well, i gotta stop doing accents that? Yeah. bro i went i went an italian mobster i don't even know that's but, <laughs> but i feel like he's he's not sitting there in the oval office talking about like Guys, let's get rid of black people. Like that's no. just not a talking point he's for him. He's a dollar and cents guy. Yeah. If you want to believe he's outside the power of the like Illuminati. I don't care if you want like yeah, I don't care if you say like yeah, he's doing this to benefit his business. Okay, but he's not being racist. Like there's just it's an easy talking point because Trump is not a person who deals with absolutes. He doesn't say yes, he doesn't say no. He says blah 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 because it's never going to be just one Answer. It's going to be just enough to get you talking about it. Yeah. And that's how he wins in his head. And that's how because you remember that. And the the Proud Boys thing is interesting because as anybody who listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, he's interviewed the original founder, so to speak, of Proud Boys. Is he and, Samoan? Uh, was the guy? Is the guy? I th I'm pretty sure it's the guy that does the uh, "Improve Me Wrong," such and such and such and such "Improve Me Wrong" meme. You yeah. Know that meme. Okay. The guy that's like started that. Yeah. He's the original. I think he started an organization called the Proud Boys and it started off kind of as a joke where people decide instead of like 
So that's where the misogynistic viewpoints people keep bringing up comes from. Yeah, before when when the whole anti-patriarchy movement started, there was a few people who were like, instead of feeling bad about being a man, I'm going to take pride in it. Yeah, I'm going to be the proud boy. More or less, and what happened with that group was it got spun off into this whole like. Now there's racist undertones for being a proud boy because it's a lot of white men who want to say like I'm proud to be a white man. And that's another issue entirely. The point is, when you ask somebody to denounce the Proud Boys, it's not the same as asking somebody to denounce the KKK. Yeah. Which is what Biden could have said. But he chose this kind of ambiguous group that started off not necessarily as racist, but has racist undertones now. Kudos to Biden on that. That was a sneaky good move on his part. If you want to talk about just like schemes for the debate, I I think that is a more healthy discussion. Yeah. Instead of deciding like, oh, who's right and who's wrong. the way I looked at this debate was there's no way and Biden knew this. He could beat Trump mano y mano talking to each other because right. like, as we saw, Trump's going to dominate you talking no matter what. That is one thing that Trump does and he does it well is like, he's going to control the conversation. He's going to control the room. That's just who he is. Whether you say it's disrespectful, I get it. Right. But Biden realized like, Hey, like I'm going to have to sneak in these little jabs here and there. And it's like denounce, you know, racism, denounce the the proud boys and like granted i'll be real before that debate i thought i was pretty you know pretty well versed into all these topics i didn't know who the proud boys were and i granted he's the president he should know who the proud boys are but trump saying i don't know who they are and then saying the whole stand down and stay ready or whatever stand down stay by thank you stand by like stand that's back. not a great statement. We are no, no way defending. That's a bad, bad statement. But, but at the same time, it's a it could be a slip of the tongue. I get that. But it's also a statement that will and this is I think the yeah. the clever part by Trump, it emboldens his side enough to say so that his side can say he's not racist, but he also doesn't lose any of those proud boy Oh agreed. Like agreed. Uh, and, aficionados or whatever the word is. And you know you know, people realize that. I mean that's what they're saying. They're like, Well, he does that so he doesn't lose his fan base. And like I as much as you want to say like Trump and Biden at the debates were just bickering old men, like they had strategies and I think they both executed their own strategies. Whoever you think won I I can't give you just an answer on that because I feel like they both really weren't domineering. But like I think the biggest point that Trump won was getting Joe Biden to say he doesn't want to defund the police because what has been the biggest talking point for the liberal media for the longest time was defund the police, defund the police. Right. So when you have your candidate straight up saying, "No, I'm not going to do what we've been promising for the past six months," that is a fatal flaw on your part. Yeah. Now, granted, he might be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to win over some people in the middle." You're not going to. This Are election into the middle. That's what I'm saying. There is no the middle. middle ground. This election. What you're trying to either do is a. I'm trying to go grab people from that side, so I'm going to have to say something completely radical, and that's what I think he thought he was doing. But at the same time, it just backfired because it's like. His supporters are like, what? Like, bro, this has been our rallying call for the past six months since maybe not six months. It's probably about three months now, right? For the defund the police? Yeah. Yeah. So like it's been a short time period and but it's at the same time it's been your rallying call. Like, let's like what are you doing up there, Joe? Like that's probably their thought process. Whereas all the Republicans are like Oh snap! He's he doesn't even know that his party's standing for this. Like this dude's just giving away the election at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. I and this is not political, but I enjoy. I'm entertained by Trump's personality in the past, yeah. where he's like that that loud, charismatic guy that will roast people and rip into people yeah. and say things that are almost inappropriate or maybe completely inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been entertained by his personality. So like the Trump versus Hillary debates, I loved what Trump was doing with Hillary. I thought it was like, I thought it was funny. It was a cat and mouse game. Yeah. And this debate with him and Biden with, when it started off, I was, I was done with work. I was like watching it at work. Cause we had it at the bar TVs. And I was like, man, Trump is kind of annoying. Yeah. It's kind of too much. Like he's interrupting. But then I thought, what is Trump's scheme here? And I think obviously Trump is a smart individual uh, on some level. And I think his plan was to get under Biden's skin to break Biden out of like the, to the get answers he had yeah. prepared 
and to try to get to Biden to freelance. Get him called a clown. We we know Biden freelancing is probably not as strong as Trump freelancing because yeah. Biden would do better with the prepared statements. Yeah. So Trump was trying to rattle the cage. He just did it relentlessly. Now, the second debate, if I was the Trump support, I'd be like, Trump, just be totally chill. Be the most chill debater it ever. It would throw him it off. It would throw him off big time. So one thing that like I noticed <clears throat> talking with some people at work, it was just like, you know, Trump, like, Trump was just loud. He was obnoxious, whatever you want to say. But like, I can't tell you besides he wanted, he doesn't want to defund the police and him asking Trump about like, uh, you're going to denounce radical racism. I can't tell you one talking point Biden had because Trump literally talked over him every time he tried to. Right. So like uh, that is also a strategy. It's like, be louder than the other guy, and the other guy's voice is never heard. Like, I can't tell you what Biden was trying to say. So basically, whoever supports Biden before the debates will support him. Yeah. There will be no cross between Republican and Democrat. That's a win for Trump because he already won that. So he has, that yeah, way. so he's playing the majority art. And I think that that's the biggest thing, like, Democrats have been doing for the past, I don't know, four or five election. Maybe not four. Four past four elections was, like, like you know... um, Let's keep doing the same status quo, blah blah blah. It, it'll it'll fluctuate. It'll even itself out over time. And it's not with Trump because Trump is not the standard. And again, we're me and J- David over here aren't like putting this praise on Trump. We we definitely myself, I should say, I I don't think he's was as good of what a leader should have been at the debates. But I definitely think that he came in with a strategy and he won his way. Oh yeah, he, he did not. He did not conduct himself in a way where I'm like, yeah, I want his, that to be our president. I'm just looking at like the objectivity of yeah, the debates. His job to win this election is to literally just keep his fan base. Yeah, that's all he has to do. Like his job, he's not reaching a middle. He knows he there's no middle ground. Right. I think Biden still thinks like the the standard for democratic elections is always reach for that middle ground, which is the right move. It is. You want to cater to that middle ground, but. That's not how our world is right now. You have to realize, like, if I'm going to cater to the other ground, I have to reach and grab onto something so far on the other side that it's going to catch them off sides. Another interesting thing I thought about it was, like, the stats that they would throw up as a viewer. And I'm, I'm sure this is universal. Mm-hmm. I had no confidence in whatever numbers they were saying. Yeah. Because, one, they would say something like, there are 7 million, no, 5 million. So they would immediately correct themselves in the stats they were saying. And then in the second hand, I was like, I don't even know if those numbers are true. So none of their statistical defense for their positions did any American take. Dude, seriously. it was like a grandfather trying to just make up this statistic yeah. to get you to eat your broccoli. And, and then a lot of it was just like, I did this, this, and this, and I did this, and you're like, I don't really know, bro. What pissed me off the most, and like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not favoring either side. We're we're trying to be, you know, partisan on this, but like, what pissed me off is like, I could catch Biden and his lies at one point. He said that majority of funding comes from federal government. We don't want to ever end that. And like, I looked at Tory and I said, bull crap. Like that is not true. And literally within five minutes, I pulled up the gal, not ga- one of the uh, national studies that mm-hmm. literally shows that 83% of funding for police departments come from local ordinances. So I was just like, how am I supposed to take what you say seriously? When like I can pull up a, and call out your BS lie in literally 30 seconds. So like, yeah, Again, statistics, like for me, if you're going to throw statistics at me, I'm going to research you. And like yeah. you said, when they come up false, it's like, well, crap, these are all crappy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, yeah, did you not do research? Like, who speaks louder? Now yeah. I have to decide on that. But it, it brings me back to high school debate. Yeah. When we had a few debates and the rules were very clear, like you have one side speak their side, the other side speak their side. And the benefit was of that was you judge each side by the argument they presented. Yes. Can we please get that in a debate? Bro. So what I, I, was, I was talking to someone at work, I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to put both of these guys, bring back Skype. Cause God knows where Skype's been cause with zoom out so far, put them on Skype, put them on that five second Skype delay so right. that they can't talk over them. Cause then they get their point out and there's a five seconds and then they can say whatever they want on top of that. I was like, it's brilliant because then they at least get to some words in because they're, they're both talking over each other. And yeah. Granted, Trump was talking a lot more over Biden. It did seem like, but it seemed like he came out with a vendetta to Dude, do that. I feel like Trump's Trump's goal in this election is just like, look, I'm healthy. He's I, like the what I posted on Instagram. I said, 
I said, uh, Joe Biden's sleeping. Trump is yelling. This debate is a farce. Like, yeah, that's what it just felt like. Cause it's like, we're not getting a hundred percent Joe Biden. Cause I think he's just fed up with having to fight someone who's just as relentless and like to an extent using childish tactics against him. Right. He's just burned out from it. And then Trump's just like, Oh, I just like, I got so much energy. And, and the unfortunate thing is if you listen to some of Biden's statements as well, you see somebody whose arguments are not really that well put together. Yeah. Like he's trying to piece expressions that he's rehearsed. So it's just, it's a mess. Yeah. Well, let's be at the end of the day, like they're both platforms for their, uh, their own, uh, agendas. So yeah. it's like, how much are you actually going to affect it? Like I said, vote locally. These are the people who actually will affect you. And I want to I want to go third party. I just yeah. want America to say we're not choosing the two you gave us. We're choosing a third. And you know, I, as someone who's worked in politics for the longest time, I always was like, "That's a throwaway vote. That's a throwaway vote." Right. And you know, like, no, you get enough people doing it repetitively. It's not a throwaway vote. It's saying. F the system. We don't yeah. want to vote these regular people. There's this many people who are just done with it. Let's get more people. So, like, I'm all in for voting third party, except for the problem is third party right now is absolutely garbage. Joe Jorgensen. She's so, just – there's just not a lot of substance to what she says. See, and that, and that's what my push for the third party was, to be like a revolt against the system. Yeah. And be like, the people will not settle for your two picks. Yeah. We will go outside. We will make you – Like, Gary Johnson, I, last time – Actually, not a he was a viable option. Little little pot smoking crazy guy, but like he was a, <laughs> he he stood by what he said. Right, there's substance to his speech, but like I feel like this, they kind of fell out flat on their face this time with the libertarian vote. <sighs> and Green Party, like I've Green Party, I don't know if Doctor what's her name, Doctor what's her name. Um, oh, the woman that was in the um, Democratic debates. Yeah, she's like the hippie kind of. Is that who she is was? Is it? Because I don't, but she was a doctor the last, the four years ago. I can't remember her name. Okay, and I apologize to her. I, I, I should know this, but she always runs for the Green Party lately. I feel like Googling it. Do it. But uh, I don't know, man. It'll, it'll be interesting this election cycle because I think a lot of people think, oh man, there's so many voices. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago, like, do we go on certain platforms and it's just like nobody's here for Trump, but it's like, yeah, cause all the people are on Facebook and it's like, well, how many people are on Facebook talking about Trump? So it's like, I can't look at Reddit. I can't look at Twitter. Like there's just, there's so much biased sources now. It's like, what's really going to happen. We won't know until November. When is the next debate? Um, I believe it's mid October. And are they doing a, pre a vice presidential debate that they normally do that between the second and the third one. Okay. Cause uh Honestly, I would love to see Harris go up against Trump too, just to be super entertaining. Because I think she would try to get into the the ditch with Trump more and just try to like get those one liners, which is sad because that's just entertainment based. But I don't Wait, know. Did it already happen? The president, the, the vice president debate already happened, bro. When We're was terrible. It? Wednesday, Oct oh no no never mind. It's October seventh. Don't listen to Jack. Whew, a, I, I thought it was bad. That I I was I was about to say, whoa, we're bad, bro. We're very bad at this. That will be exciting to watch, though. I don't know because it's it's gonna be the opposite of Trump and um, Biden. Yeah, because be like... Kamala Harris, she's very outspoken, very brash. Yeah. Whereas Mike Pence is, I, I will say, very reserved. He's very reserved, but he's very well spoken. Like him and his son, uh, Jack. He was he's also very well spoken. I've heard them both speak, and I think they're some of the most I don't want to say eloquent because that's that seems very flamboyant. Like just very pointed with their speech. Like they know what they're gonna say. They go up there and they crush every single syllable that needs to be crushed. I would say viewing this debate in comparison to the past presidential debates, if you try to look towards the future, ten Dude, years so maybe, bleak. twenty years maybe, they'll just be fist fighting. Dude, it's so bleak. Maybe just WWE. Are we going to have, what's his name? Uh, Vince McMahon. Herb have you Bean. ever seen Idiocracy? Yes. We're going to have, what's his, Mountain, Mountain Dew, dude? What's his? <sighs> Terry Crews was in it. Terry yeah, Cruz but what's Terry Crews' president's name? <sighs> I'm You're supposed Google. to Google. When... I'm going I'm to Google that because that's, that's, that's important. That's, that's important. We, are in, in, we are in Idiocracy right now. I mean, because you really think about it. The point of Idiocracy, again... 
Idiocracy Dwayne is a movie Elizondo. that you need to watch. Mountain yeah. Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Yes. <laughs> so like uh, people always watch it. People always are saying like Idiocracy is like what we're going to, and it's like no, we're already there. We just don't have the flint the the bright colors of it. Like it gets to Idiocracy is about people just ignoring truths. Yeah. Like oh, Gatorade has electrolytes. That's good for the plants. So like that's a stance we could fall in today with vaccines. Oh, vaccines cause autism because maybe 30 years ago, someone who had a vaccine had got also had autism. And that's the hill that they're falling on. And it's just like, well, there's no substance what you're saying. There's no doctors. There's no truth. Like all the people who have knowledge on that topic are saying the exact opposite. But because you have some Jenny McCarthy type figure saying, oh, it's, it does this. We're going to believe it. Ugh. And that's like, we are there, folks. There's there's no looking towards the future for that. Like, if you're going to fall on these hills that literally every single expert says is false, that's the future for us. Well, and then people say, who's paying for the experts? <laughs> so, me. like I said before, we're in a fact void. Like, there's no way you can find fact truth. Void. It's, it's all what you want to believe. You can find facts for that. Ooh. So you got to resort to what you know is right. <laughs> David's over here pulling his hair back. like He's just like, I'm done with life. I want the Miami Heat to win game two. Oh, all gosh. right. I'm nervous. David, what would you give up for Miami Heat finals win? <laughs> Man, bless, bless you. me. Sorry. What would I give up for a Miami Heat finals win? Um, would you give up your hair? Would I go bald for that? One. Just one championship. <sighs> Honestly, I'd I would do a lot worse than that. <laughs> I want Jimmy Butler to win. I want him to win. I'd probably name my kid after I I will 100% whatever. I think he was the MVP of the bubble. I know they gave it to Dame, but it's 100% been Butler. Think, oh, Dame Lillard. Yeah. It's it's just persona. It's just Jimmy Butler had that grit persona. Well, he carried like let's be real like there he carried that team. Bam obviously has a huge part into it, but like that's Jimmy Butler carrying that team. One of the cool things now for me watching basketball is to see these guys that are like 22, 23. Don't do this. Don't do this. I'm just saying, Jack, Don't we're like, this. we're past that age. So we could be like, when I was that age, man, these guys are Bro, good. I'm at the age where I started thinking about cutting players for my team in Madden. Wow. I'm at 28. 28 is when I like, I would have this guy as a quarterback for six years. He's and I'm got like, that owner mentality. He's getting a little old on me. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta cut him. 28. 28 uh, they're used man. up. Ugh. No, we're in the prime. Not prime time. All right. I think that was a good podcast, David. Yeah, it was fun. Dude, I we were all over it. the place. I like Jack's doing got stuff polka dot socks on. Bro. I think it's cool. I, had, I bought a pair of 20 socks that are just crazy. All right, guys, so that's going to be it for us. Again, um, we have a whole new platform for Sarasota elections. Uh, you can go there and check unbiased candidate bios, profiles, whatnot. You can go to the, there's links to their websites, links to their Facebooks. All of that's there so you guys can access that. That's on infopilgrims.com. Just scroll down, go to Sarasota elections. I have it all set up for you guys. We killed it here. It's all there. It's going to be keep being updated as candidates give us information. But until next time. Let's make America think again. Jack is wearing a polo, relaxing on a Thursday night. That's how you know he's an adult. He just throws on a polo. Go ahead. Stop that.
Let go, hey, 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 I know something 